For more great content, make sure you follow 717 Sports Media on all your podcast listening platforms. Also follow us on social media on Twitter at 717 underscore sports, Facebook and Instagram at 717 Sports Media. We're also checking on our website daily for your daily news and sports videos at 717sportsmedia.com. Coach, doing doing well. You know, it was a good week of college football, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think we separated some teams, at least one. I think Penn State can put them to bed. <laughs> that was embarrassing. I mean, like, like it, it, it's so frustrating for Penn State fans because your defense is so good. Like, I think their defense is just as good as Ohio State's and Michigan's, and they just their offense does nothing. I mean, they just do nothing. And yeah, it's just it's it's it's, it's a shame, and you know Mike Gerson got fired on Sunday. So yeah, they're gonna find another. It, it, it I was talking to a Penn State fan. It's so weird about Franklin. Franklin used to be an OC. He was a good OC. He you know he was OC at Maryland under Friedman when they were good. And it's the weirdest thing ever. If you look at his hires, his DC hires have been excellent. Brett Pry was a really good DC who's down at Virginia Tech, and Manny Diaz done a nice job. But his OCs have all stunk besides Moorhead. So it's like so weird. Like, do you just call the plays? He, he was a good play caller. I don't know what happened. So, so Michigan, have, you know, got the big win. And uh, yeah, here we go. Without Harbaugh on the sidelines. Without Jimmy on the sidelines. Yep. Yeah. Win for Jim. Probably some hotel in Pennsylvania enjoying life, I guess. Yeah, probably nice miserable one. as hell. Yeah. So, hey. It, 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 it's this is this is uh you know this is it's it's uncharted water is kind of where we're at we've never had this type of suspension and I, I'll be honest I haven't dove too much into it because honestly I don't really I don't really care if, if they knew the signals from I mean it's listen it's an advantage how much did they know I I don't know like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into it I I, I haven't read anything about it just whatever pops up on like a on X or Twitter or whatever. So. I, I read. I, I'm like an expert on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is because because you're like uh, you know you're rooting so hard against Michigan. You're trying to find any any way to get that slight advantage. To, what November 26th? Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. They're both probably going to be 11 and 0 uh, for back to back years. I mean, it, it's hard to go 11 and 0. You know, the Big Ten outside those two is probably pretty mediocre. Uh, and but still, they're both going to be probably eleven and zero going in that game, and second year in a row. And whoever loses the game is going to be miserable. So that's just how it is to be Ohio State, Michigan in that rivalry. So um, we will see what happens, and you know, with Michigan, and you know, everything that transpires with it. I think there, I think there's another team down there that you know maybe we kind of wrote them off too down there in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, we might have we might have wrote, we might have run them up a little too early in the season after that loss in Texas. Well, that, we've been saying it the last couple of weeks. They're no, playing we're back really on them, but after that South Florida game, coach, we were uh, we were you know we were we pretty down on it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We were um, again. That's why he's the great, greatest coach ever. He he, he figured it out. Jalen Rowe went from being benched to playing really great ball right now. Whew. So they figured it, it out. It, it's kind of crazy that you know. Hey, I don't give my guy Tommy Reese some credit now. I mean, he. Oh he yeah, your boy. Him. I forgot all about Tommy Reese down there. I guess you wish you still have him. You, you ran him I, out of town. Yeah, we need to run him back. Yeah, we might need him I, back. I think, that, I think that we can safely say that the offensive struggles at Notre Dame is not on Tommy Reese. I think it might be more on Freeman and the personnel. Maybe not in Freeman. More the personnel and um, we have no speed on the outside. They get no separation. Yeah, but you know it's crazy. He's probably gonna have three OCs in three years. That's that's kind of that's kind of crazy with college football. You know. Anyways, on this uh, podcast, guys, we're we're gonna go over the games, uh, national title odds, Heisman odds. Rick Butler, probably our favorite guest outside Jay Book and some of the other guys. But Rick Butler's awesome. Could come on here. 
Rocky Top Insider. I like him because every time I ask him, he responds in 2.5 seconds, yes. And he's a really knowledgeable guy. And I want to ask him more big, uh, big picture SEC stuff because he's they got a big one though. Yeah, they got a big one. But he's bet you know he's seen all these games. You know he he saw Tennessee uh, lose Alabama, and he he's seen ta- uh, he was at the game. I went through his Twitter make sure he was at Missouri. Oh wow! So he so he's been he's been you know he knows all this stuff. So it it'd be good insight from him. So. Let's get back. Let's get into the first ring. The Jimbo Fisher was fired. Okay. Uh, Kevin Wagner, nice job. He predicted it. He said he would. I was shocked. 77. How would you like to be fired right now and have $77 million coming to you in the next uh, 10 years? That'd be pretty now, good, right, Clark? Yeah. Does his claw, does he have to go out and look for another job every year? Is no, that- he doesn't. It has none of that. Yeah, because a lot of those clauses do have where he have they have to at least attempt to make it look like they're trying to get another job. Um, so I I, re- I did read in the next like third what sixty days he's gonna get like fourteen million or something like no, that. No, listen, this, this, I got it right here. Nineteen point three million in the next sixty days. Okay. Then seven point two million through twenty thirty one. Wow. So he's still <laughs> incredible. Yeah, so he's still going to be a top 25 paid coach for the next 10 years. <laughs> it's pretty crazy to think about. And, and think about this. So Jimbo Fisher, the most expensive buyout ever. Jimbo Fisher is 77.6. Gus Malzahn's 21.4. Charlie Weiss, 18.9. Willie Taggart, 18. That's incredible. Look at that. That's I, I, not even close to where the, the to where to where Jimbo's at. And I had Penn State fans saying, "Why can't we do that to Franklin? He's owned sixty million. I'm like, "Well, well, well." Is Franklin? And may have a little more money. I mean, I'm not saying Penn State doesn't, but could that be a you know? Could that be a locate? Could that be a landing spot for Franklin? Possibly. I don't know. I can't see him down there. He's been in the CDC before. I mean, he ran Vanderbilt. I mean, there that's you know, he he had a winning record at Vanderbilt. That's probably the last time they've been good. Yeah. All right. So, so let me let me give you my top four replacements. Uh and, and why Jimbo Fisher goes in Malls and Island. Um, all right, I got number one. I, I put Lane Kiffin. Okay. I think yeah. Lane Kiffin's done a really nice job at Old Mass. Uh I I I used to hate Lane Kiffin. Uh, but I, I kind of like him now. He's got the sticky thing. He's he's adapted to college football. He uses the transfer portal like crazy. And he's done a nice job at Ole Miss. Look at he's done at Ole Miss. Uh, they, can't beat five, the big boys. they can't beat the big boys, but they beat everybody else. And that's hard there. 5-5, yeah. five, five, 10 and 3, 8, 5, 8, 2. At, at, at Florida Atlantic, 11, 3, 5 and 7, 10 and 3. So, you know, he flamed at it, out at USC. Uh, but then he did a good job at Florida Atlantic and Ole Miss. What do you think? No, I think he's. I think he's everybody's. You know, kind of come in, turn it around rather quickly. You know, he's going to bring that that offensive, that certain offensive style. You know, uh, fast. It's better than their offense now, Jesus. Yeah, no, that's the. I mean, they'll completely switch that up. I mean, that's you know, it's with Kiffin. You always worry about the defense, right? I mean, that's. He's a little bit like the, he's a little bit like Lincoln Riley. Like they got the offense figured out, they'll produce some 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 points, but are they going to stop anybody? You know, like True. I don't know. That's 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 just kind of where he's at right now. And you know, oh man, I could see him down in Texas A and M. I mean, whoever whoever Texas A and M is going to get, they're probably going to go out and get somebody. They're going to make a splash. It's going to be it's not going to be a no name guy. And so they're gonna be paying ten plus, right? They'll probably give this person. I mean, this whole. I mean, they got to pay Jimbo seventy seven, and then they got to buy out the assistants, and then they got to buy probably buy out the next coach, plus pay the new coach a salary, plus the new staff. I mean, you're looking over a hundred thousand, hundred hundred million. Yeah, yeah. So next one, I put Mike Elko, Duke. Now he was there for four years as DC, um, nine and four at Duke, six and four at Duke. You know, you know, really good coach, I think. I don't know. I mean, he hasn't coached maybe long enough as a head coach. Uh, Notre Dame. Anyways. D.C. at Notre Dame as well. D.C. at Notre Dame. I think Mike Oko's done a really good job. 
um, at Duke, you know, maybe too big a job for him. I don't know. And then the third one, I got Lance Leipold. Everybody's, uh, you know, he's he's on everybody's job board. But I was I like, hey. I don't see him there. Yeah, he, I don't think he fits, but I just thought he's a hell of a coach. Like, I, I wouldn't, like, like I, I wouldn't worry about Flash. Like, why do you got to worry about Flash? Because you got you you to sell like, your like, like, You know why, coach? Because you got to sell their donors. Who just who's gonna who, who they're gonna produce the buyout for for uh, for Jimbo and then they're gonna help pay the new guy's salary. That's why if you bring in if you bring in Lance Leipold from Kansas, that's not gonna get those donors excited. I mean, they're gonna have to make a splash. I just don't agree with that because it's like Jimbo was a flash and like there are a lot of signs that that was a bad hire. Well, you know, it started off okay. It was the whole mess when when he was when he was playing chicken with LSU. That's when they gave him that extension, that crazy money. With I mean, if they would have just stuck to his original contract, he would have been gone a year ago, two years ago. They were you know, you know they resigned him. Yeah. Well, the thing about it is, these agents just kicked the shit out of the ads. It's one agent. It's Jimmy yeah, Jimmy Sexton. He yeah, he yeah. destroys these. These ads are like fools. They, they just give them whatever they want. It, 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 it's 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 asinine. It, it, it's insane that these agent that Jimmy Sexton and other eight college football agents they just they just put them to work. I mean, these yeah. ads are ridiculous. All right, so that that's it. You got one more candidate for me. I got one. I put Urban. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe. What am I crazy? I, I don't think so. I mean, they got to throw some money at him. I'll tell you what, if you want to make a splash, what other, what, how many, how many three time national champions are out there? Yeah, Urban would be a good fit. And then, you know, I, I agree. I, I, and, and I have no problem with that. I wish him good luck. They're making a phone I, call. I, They've already made a phone call, coach. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I, I love yeah. Urban. So I, I have nothing but love for him and I wish him the best. So yeah, I don't Michigan's- know. Michigan State, I'm sure did too. I'm sure they made the call too. Like, like that's, that's why I was arguing with my buddy. I was like, I, I could see Texas A&M way over Michigan State. I don't think you can win a national championship in Michigan State. You can win. I think you put a Texas A&M for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it's just a bigger program. You're in think the South. Else programs out there. Yeah, I mean, you could. I mean, recruiting wasn't the problem there. It's just Jimbo Fisher couldn't coach. He was running an archaic offense. Remember, remember people. He had the the notepad with all the papers and he's calling plays. It's like, nobody does that now. Like we talked about last year, 80% of colleges run the same offense. I mean, yeah. you, you know, it's all they spread do. RPO crap. And he's trying to do pro this pro. I mean, he, he doesn't know what he's doing on offense. So it he's, wasn't recruiting. It was, it was, I think the culture of the program, yeah, it was the offensive scheme was a cake. And quarterback coach. What do we say? It's the quarterback. It's the coach. But he recruited good quarterbacks. They just all went there and sucked. Like, yeah. Connor Webb was yeah. supposed to be great. Yeah, Max Johnson was a big recruit. And they all sucked and got there. So was that coaching or quarterbacks? Be, yeah, coaching maybe. Yeah, coaching probably is playing into Go that. look at Jimbo Fisher's record outside of Jameis Winston. It ain't pretty. Well, is it is it crazy that he got fired after after a big win? The big, the, probably, what, they were I was shocked when you called me. I was like, they, they just blew somebody out. Yeah, they did. And so, who else? Who else? Who else has lost their job? So, um, there's been a couple of Michigan, coaches, right? Mississippi State guy lost his job. Yep. Um, and then uh, Brady Hoke. He's retiring. Out. He's retiring. Oh, he's retiring, or he got forced yeah. out. Yeah, I heard there's rumors that this Arkansas guy, your your boy, could be let go too. Pittman. Yeah, uh, Zach Arnett. I mean that was weird. That was like kind of like an interim thing because Leach died and they promoted him. But it like, you know, I don't blame them for wanting to get rid. I mean, he was never going to be there. You know what I mean, like they gave him yeah. a shot, but it wasn't like they did a full search. They just was reeling from Leach dying, and yeah. they just promoted the DC. So, um, yeah, Arkansas. I think Sam Pittman might get another year. I don't. I mean, he. Yeah, it's so hard, man. What's up? Yeah. Well- they had a bad loss over the weekend. I mean, that's you, you yeah. Know, Pittman Florida, is three and seven, nine and four, and four, seven and six, three and seven. So he fell back. I don't know. 
That might be stuck oh, in a little bit know. of neutral there too. That I mean, that's what they use. That's the Texas A&M use. They're kind of like what, like I said, you have to be going forward. If you're just if you're trend water and you go seven and five, then you go six and six. You got to You got to get better. Like your program needs to be needs needs to improve, especially if you take over like like a program that's a, a five hundred. Normally these teams are about five hundred. But um, you know, Arkansas, they took over a program that was it wasn't it is what it is. It's about what it was now, and he still got them at what three and seven, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I like the guy a lot. You know, he was just a different guy when he came in. I, I think he the biggest thing is he screwed up the OC hire. He lost his OC. Um or um Kenny Bryles left, his OC left, and to go to TCU. And uh, and he went and hired a new one, and that guy really struggled. So he made a bad hire. I don't know. I I, I still I give him another year. I you know he's twenty two and twenty four. You know um, that's but Brett Brett Belima was worth them, wasn't he? It's probably he was probably about that. He's probably about five hundred. It's hard to win there, man. I don't know. You know I, I'm willing to give a guy a chance, uh, probably, at uh... right? It's hard to win there. Bobby Paterno did it, right? Yeah, he's 29 and 34, basically the same. Yeah, I mean, Brett was 3 and 9, 7 and 6, 8 and 5, 7 and 6, 4 and 8. I mean, one losing, you know, you, you had three winning seasons, and then it, 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 when you're at these lower level programs, if you're at these lower level programs, you got to get to like six, seven wins just to make a bowl because everybody's so happy. They're like, oh, yeah, you made a bowl. You're. When you don't make a bowl, you don't get the extra practices. Everybody kind of flips out about the whole thing. Might lose a couple recruits. You know, I think he's gone. Pittman's gone. And then we got Chip Kelly maybe too. That was the latest that just came out. Yeah. Chip could probably turn it into a new job though. I mean, it's got to be hard to to recruit in UCLA. I know. Listen, that's not a breeding breeding ground for, for, for NFL talent. I mean, Nobody says, "Oh, I want to go to UCLA." You want to go to UCLA for basketball, not for football. You know, that's that's a hard LA. Yeah, they they you know uh, they have not had much success there in our lifetime, really. No. Um, you know, it, it, it's just not like Troy Aikman. Why not, you walking through those doors? Yeah, it, it it's it really isn't. They just haven't had the. The success there, you know, I mean, I think they should be a little better, but Chip Kelly's 27 and 29. Uh, Jim Mora was 46 and 30. Rick Newell was 21 and 29. Carl Jarrell was 35 and 27. Bob Toledo is going back 49 and 32. So you got to go back to Terry Donahue from 76 to 95. He had a 665 winning percentage. So, yeah, they, they haven't been good since the 90s. Yeah. So that's a long place to win. Yeah, it is a tough place to win. Absolutely. So that's another one we'll keep track. All right. Kevin Wagner loved that segment because he hates recruit uh, uh, coaching searches. That's all right. Um, We got our guy coming on. Let's just go quickly. So I found this little stat. First time in 26 years, Clark, that in the BCS playoff era, five undefeated power five teams is late. You got Michigan, Georgia, Alabama. Uh, I'm sorry, Michigan, Georgia, Ohio State, uh, Washington, and Florida State undefeated. Kind of crazy to get this many. And it's looked like Florida State was on the ropes a little bit. And give me, Washington give me a team. was on the ropes at times, but they give both me, found a way to win. Give me a team that you won't out of that those five that won't make it, that you guarantee won't make it. I don't I don't think Washington does. I don't think they look very good. They just keep they just keep winning ugly. I don't I don't think they're going to beat Oregon. I really don't. Well, because like the next two weeks they got a tough game. Well, this week they got a tough one at least. They got to go to uh, Washington State, right? Yeah. Uh, so you know, they, like they, I, I don't know. Maybe I mean I like watching them play. They're fun to watch. Um, but you got to think like Washington right now. Has they got to go to Oregon State, which won't be easy. All right, here we go. Rick Butler's coming on. The man, the myth, the legend, Rick Butler. Rick, 
Man, what's going on, guys? I think this is the third time we've done this together. I get excited more and more each time. We, hey, we, right, we appreciate it. Did you fly or drive to Missouri? Uh, I flew. Now, we had a couple delays. We made it all the way to Washington first. We, we took a weird way to get there, but I did fly. It was lucky. Our one flight trip of the year, we decided to use it on Columbia, Missouri, of course. <laughs> uh, so, what'd you think of the the, the game? Kind of a, a a shellacking by your by your vials. It was kind of close, and then uh, Missouri, I think, is a heck of a team. You know, you could argue maybe they're one of the better uh, two loss teams, and they got the nice win over your vials. Yeah, I, I would say the Missouri has been a really impressive team this year, just especially with the way that they've been able to put an offensive performance together. And boy, did they do that on, on Saturday against Tennessee. You know, it was a weird game, 0-0 after the first quarter. Tennessee ran three offensive plays. Missouri had 24. So you already kind of felt like it was a lopsided game, and then the scoreboard eventually reflected that. Guys, this was just a, a game where Tennessee was outmatched, outperformed in every single facet of the game. It, it was sort of an embarrassing loss for Tennessee. Now, they have a big opportunity coming up this weekend, but in Ooh. terms of the Missouri game, I, I mean, man, it, it was just a really rough showing for Tennessee and not indicative of what we've seen from the balls so far this season. Yeah, I, all I kept hearing was everything that Heupel had never ever done before as a head coach. What, no points in the first half and all kinds of crap, right? I mean, it's just – that's that was – I did not expect that. I thought Missouri was going to win, but I didn't think – I thought it would come down in the last couple of minutes. Yeah, so, you know, my coworker asked me when we were driving on the way to the stadium, he said, you know, what options do you think on the, are on the table? Do you think that Missouri could blow out Tennessee? And I said – I, I I do think that's an option on the table because we saw in the Florida game, especially on the road, Tennessee just collapsed. Every wheel fell off mm -hmm. the car, and that's what you saw right there. So I, I agree, man. It, it was a game where Missouri really proved why they belong in what you said as one of the top two teams kind of in the country, but also why Tennessee still has steps to climb in their journey. Seven points was the lowest point total of Josh Apple's career, and you mm -hmm. think that only touchdown – came on a very improbable 46-yard pass through the air. So without that play, Tennessee might have been shut out from a touchdown perspective, which is wow. wild to think about. Yeah, especially after, you know, just coming off the success they had last year and all the hype that came into this year. But you, you kind of mentioned it. They got a big game. Georgia, the Bulldogs, yeah. coming to Tennessee. What are they, what's, what's, what's Tennessee Nation saying? Well, Tennessee Nation right now, when it comes to the fan base, especially online, man, there's a lot of nerves. And there's people that still have pitchforks in hand based on the Missouri game. They're not even going <laughs> to look to Georgia until they get out all, all of their anger and negativity from that Missouri game. So I, I think people are worried about this game, though. You know, what was kind of once thought as, as a, a, you know, a battle of two upper teams. And I, I, obviously, Georgia, the number one team that, to me, the best in the nation by far. I do Agreed. think they're going to yep. win the national championship. But you felt like, hey, maybe Tennessee had a chance because they did have Josh Heupel. The defense was playing a little bit better at times. Joe Milton, we've seen him be up and down, but he had been playing well the last couple of weeks. That's just not the case anymore. I think for Tennessee, it, it might even be a little bit more about damage control coming up this weekend. But you still want to go out there and put as, as good of a performance as you can on the field. So, I, so let me ahead, ask you right now, I'm going to a little big picture with you. In the SEC championship game was played today, Georgia versus Alabama, who do you think would win? Georgia. Georgia. A absolutely. I, I don't care about the strength of schedule. That's for all the deciding with the numbers. I think when you look at 11 on 11 on the field, when, when Georgia's had 10 games to put it all together, hey, Number 19 is back. Brock Bowers returned in like three weeks from an injury that, that takes, I don't know, five or six weeks to get rid of. This is just an unbelievable Georgia team. I, I have all the respect in the world for Alabama, but I, I do think that Georgia, to me, the best team in the country. So you're taking, you're wow. taking, Georgia, you're taking Georgia versus the field for the national championship. That, that's how I am. Yeah. I am. And again, wow. this is that's, that's – Hey, it's a, it's a culture of winners. And I'm not saying that other teams aren't. I'm not saying that Ohio State couldn't be, Alabama couldn't be. But right now, it's an absolute culture of winners. And they know how to win in November. They know how to win coming up in the winter as well. So to me, I got to see it to believe it. After watching Georgia, being close to Georgia, some of my good friends here are Georgia fans, so I've had an extra kind of look at them. I, I think that, that that's the team to beat in the whole nation. And you show me a quarterback that's as hot as theirs. I mean, I haven't seen it. I mean, I listen, there's some Pac-12 guys that put up a lot of numbers, 
But uh, I'll tell you what, that kid, he just came in. You know, he started the first couple weeks. But he's been pretty much lights out. I mean, he takes care of the football. He can throw it down the field. He scrambles for big, big first downs, what you need. I mean, he's just a solid quarterback. I, I'm impressed. I, I am impressed with George. I really am. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you what, when it comes to Carson Beck, their quarterback, one of the best compliments you can give him, and, and I certainly don't say this in a slide, I genuinely mean it as a compliment, he does what Georgia asks him to do, right? And that's really important to them because they don't need their quarterback to go out there and throw for 300 yards per game in order to win. No. They're going to run a, They're going to run the ball. They're going to run some RPOs. They're going to put the ball in the flats. They're going to put the ball in their playmaker's hands. The quarterback just has to be able to distribute there. So he does a really good job of doing what they need him and ask him to do. He, uh, he grew up uh, down the road from me, and uh, I didn't get to see him play. A couple of my neighbors did, and they just said that he was a special kid. But uh, Florida uh, Florida didn't recruit him because he, they didn't think he could run good enough. Yeah, and that's, cra- that's crazy <laughs> to think, right? Yeah. Some teams just get so in their heads about, yeah. we got to have a quarterback who's mobile. we got to have a quarterback who can blah, 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 blah. Not Georgia. Georgia says, we need a quarterback who can do what we ask. And they found that in Carson Beck. Isn't, isn't that crazy, though, that Fields never worked out there? Probably the best quarterback Kirby's had talent-wise. But then they're, they're going to possibly win their third straight national championship with, like, these unheralded guys. <laughs> the mailman, right? The mailman Stetson Bennett. It's crazy to think what he was able to do. But that was Bama in, in Saban's early years. That was kind of his formula. Before, you know, and then you got Tua and Mag and all these guys that ended up going to pros. But that was – that was kind of his formula. Those first couple couple years, he was winning the national championship with guys that were not NFL caliber quarterbacks. Yeah, you, you think about some of those guys, and it, it was you know a little bit in my younger days. But man, Greg McElroy, AJ McCarron—I mean, good quarterbacks, very good at what they did, but not necessarily light the world on fire kind of quarterbacks, exactly. right? They again, they did what they needed to do to get the ball into playmakers' hands. They ran the ball well. They had a good offensive line, and that's the key to success in college football. It is. It is. Hey, what about your quarterback there? Uh, you got Joe Milton. This is his last year, right? Absolutely. And, and not even – he's run out of eligibility after this. <laughs> okay. What about the young quarterback? Has, has anybody oh, yeah. asked uh, Hypo if they, if they thought about going to – I'm not going to say his name. You can, you'd say it. Like, I, I, I'm kind of surprised they haven't gone to him. I mean, Milton's – you know, when he's, when he's playing well, you're like still kind of meh. He isn't like – I mean, he makes some wild throws, but he isn't like like the guy he had last year. But, like – He's not consistent. Have they, have they, consistent he seriously going, gone, right? thought about going to the young quarterback? Yeah, I don't think there's been any kind of conversation inside the Tennessee program about switching. And I'll give you, Nico Iamaliava. It's going to be one that's tough to remember, but there you go. Nico. Nico, that's what everybody does. That's the easy way to say it. You know, a lot of people have been asking for Nico. A lot of the fan base has been wanting Nico. But if you ask the coaching staff – they're not going to make a change. And, and I haven't seen any indication of them doing so. They believe in Joe Milton, but I also don't think they want to throw jo- uh, Nico Iamaliava into a situation at the end of the year where your first game is against Georgia, right? Or your first game is on the road against Missouri. Those are tough environments. But more than that, again, I go back to the point that this coaching staff believes in Joe Milton, even though at times it hasn't felt like that, especially with the play calling and what they've been able to kind of draw up during games I absolutely have the belief that the coaching staff wants to finish the season with Joe Milton almost feels committed to Joe Milton and Joe Milton's been in the been in the program for three years now I think they want to let him finish his case and finish his season but certainly all eyes in the future are going to be on Nico and he's going to be Tennessee's guy with a lot a lot of hype around him Rick 10 points too much too little just right (laughs) <laughs> oh, I, oh, man, I, I'll say this. I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I'd be in Georgia's favor on this one. I, <laughs> you look at – because here's here's the thing, right? I think that Tennessee could play well in that game. They're certainly not predicting any sort of win or anything, but when Tennessee loses, things always spiral. The Florida game, the Alabama game in the second half, the Missouri game, these were not just kind of one-possession games or, or the opposition drives down in the last minute. These are games where Tennessee got blown out. It's Tennessee is not a team that works well working from behind. They want to control the pace. They want to control the tempo of the game. When they can't, 
things do not work in their favor and the running the running game really dies down and that's a problem for Tennessee so I say I would bet George in that case just because I do think they're going to win I do think that they're going to get a lead and Tennessee does not necessarily has proven that they've can that they can play behind make a comeback and, and kind of close that gap so I think if it starts spiraling even at home in front of a rally fan base it might continue to as well Hey, hey, I'm curious what you think. So you, you, you grew up in Texas, right? And then, then you, you lived in Tennessee. Uh, what, what, what do people down there think of? You know, I'm a diehard Ohio State fan, and you know, in, in two weeks, Ohio State plays Michigan. What do people down there think of, like Ohio State, and Michigan when they play? Or what do they do? Do people think it's a big deal, or people just like, eh, whatever? It's just you know, what I mean, <laughs> it, it, I'm just sure. curious. That's a good question. Well, I- Absolutely. I think there's a couple different, you know, groups of people. There's obviously you have your your SEC purists, right? And that might even be the slight majority. The guys who have grown up in the hills of Tennessee, right? Or in the plains of Texas their whole entire life. And this is all they know. They don't want to think above the, the border of Kentucky. They might even cut the border off below Kentucky where Tennessee is, right? So <laughs> I think there's certainly, there's certainly that group of SEC purists that say, Nothing above the the Tennessee state line to us is considered real football. But, of course, if you talk to certain people and if you talk to the real college football fans, they have their eyes all over the map. Because especially in this season, it's hard not to, right? The Pac-12 over there is unbelievable this year. Yes. They're almost must-watch television, especially late at yeah. night. And then, of course, you go up to the Big Ten, right? You have all the drama that Michigan is creating right now. You have Ohio State jumping Georgia in the college football rankings. So uh, I think the, the, the college football aficionados around here, they have their eyes on the whole map. That's also because Tennessee has actually been sort of in that conversation the last two years. But don't get me wrong. There are some purists that say, we don't even want to think about the North. Everything in football happens here in the South. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard not to argue with the results of, of you know, look at all the champions as, as they've come from the SEC or or Clemson. You know, Ohio State's like the only team up north in the last twenty some years that they've won a title, and even out west has done nothing. It's been either been the south, it's been the south, all south. That's it. And besides Ohio State in fourteen, everybody else has been in the south. So, it, it, Without a doubt, it's an impressive run between Georgia and Alabama, LSU, Clemson. They've all had their, you know, their share. And, and you know, like I remember Pete Carroll at USC, but that's been a long time. And Lincoln Riley's trying to turn it around, but they're struggling. So you know, but it is, it's kind of fun to see Washington and Oregon playing so well. But then they're like they're both going in the Big Ten, so it's kind of crazy. Yeah, this college realignment or the realignment stuff, it, it just kind of boggles my mind. And it definitely does worry me at times. I, I think there's there's a sanctity of college football, right? We all know it. We all love it. Yeah. We all have our teams that we follow and the rivalries that mean a lot. You know, I go back to your last question. You ask if, if people around here care about the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry. Some do, some don't. But everybody at least recognizes that that is something that is huge, right? And not that you're losing that, not that you're losing all the rivalries, but there is kind of this switch that college football is going through right now. So I, I definitely agree. The college football realignment stuff is crazy, and I, I really am interested to see how it shakes out over the next you know, couple of years, handful of years, whatever it is. Hey, Rick, one more question. Uh, with Jimbo out, uh, any, any, any uh, early thoughts on, on who could be replacing him? It's a, it's a big-time job. Yeah, it is. You know, funny enough, I, I'm like you said, I'm a big Dallas guy. So I listen to Dallas sports radio throughout the day. So Texas A&M was on their minds today. They were floating around a couple names. And um, the, the UT San Antonio coach is one guy that they mentioned. And his name is slipping me right now. Oh, he's really uh, good. Guy, he's really good. Yeah. That's not a flashy hire like A&M probably wants. But if you want a good football coach, that might be one of the guys in your list. I, I, I think Mike Elko at Duke could be a good candidate. Uh, obviously, the, the the name that's kind of thrown around for fun with a big smile on people's face is Deion Sanders, right? And that's really if a and wants to go down the, you know, if they really want to go down the uh, as dramatic as possible route, which, hey, they're kind of prone to. But I think there's a couple good coaches out there. To me, it's just about does a and want to go and get a, a good, solid football coach with a kind of a proven winning record? Or do they want to go make another splash, flash kind of hire like with Jimbo Fisher? Yeah. What do you think about somebody like Lane Kiffin there? Lane Kiffin is another name that I heard floated out. Now, I, I don't 
I don't know what, about Lane Kiffin. I think nobody ever knows about Lane Kiffin. I, it's interesting. Last year, you know, that Auburn conversation was coming up, and he said no. He, he got the extension from Ole Miss, and he's staying there. I wonder how much that was playing the game of last year. I wonder how much that was, hey, he does like Ole Miss and wants to stay there long term. But, look, A&M's got the money and the resources to draw a lot of coaches away from where they are. Again, that's part of that thing. I wonder how the, how much they're going to use that to their effect or if they're just going to say, hey, let's go get the UT San Antonio coach because we know he can do a darn good job on the field with his players. If you want to fire up the Tennessee fan base, this, this uh, float out there, uh, uh, Josh Heupel. Ah, uh, going nowhere. <laughs> you know, uh, people people freaked out around here when his name was on the Oklahoma hot list uh, uh, a, a couple years back. When they, because remember, he won the national championship yeah. with the Sooners in two thousand. Yep. But I don't think he's going to go there. I think Josh Heupel is going to stay here for as long as he can. But yeah, that would certainly r- ruffle some feathers. <laughs> some out there would say, "Go, go, go!" But you know, those are really the those are the the nuts of the fan base, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Hey, thanks so much, Rick. I love you, man. Uh, uh, Thanks for coming on. Take care. Maybe we'll try to have you on again. Hey, cheers, guys. Thanks, Rick. This is always so much fun. I appreciate you guys. Enjoy the rest of your show. We'll talk soon. Yep. Thank you. See ya. See ya. He's unreal. Yeah, I love him. I love that guy. He knows so much about college football. It's crazy. He does. I mean, I mean, we asked. That's what I mean. I like. I like. I wanted an SEC guy, but but like, I try to reach out to sometimes, and these guys are just complete d bags. And I just at least Rick is a Tennessee guy, but he knows enough SEC. You know, because he's so ingrained to it in it. <laughs> yeah. That, that you could ask him SEC questions. So he was good. His enthusiasm too. His enthusiasm too is yeah. second to none, and I love that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Jeff Trailer is very well respected in Texas. He spent a long time there as a high school coach, and at UTSA, seven five, twelve and two, eleven and three, seven and three. So thirty seven thirteen at UTSA. I know it's not the most glamorous place in the world, but he. I've heard people say they love him there. Um, hey, I tell you what, you make the high school coaches happy. You hire Jeff Trailer. They'll probably send you all your players there. Because he's a former Texas high school coach, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just it's it's gonna be who, you know who the board approve. Like, listen, it's big time money, man. They they just bought out a guy. They just bought out a guy for seventy two million dollars. They didn't do it to. I mean, they did it to make a splash higher. And I'm I'm telling you, it's Urban, it's Dion. Uh, Dion, I do not. I would not go Dion. He's too much a wild card. I mean, is he doing a good job, Colorado? I guess. I mean, they, they blew it against Arizona this week, and I know it's Arizona's approved team, but but I don't know. Do you, do you, do you buy out Jimbo Fisher at seventy-two million to hire a guy from you know Little Sister of the Poor? I I don't know. I just think like if you make a sound hire, just make a good hire. I mean, um, I think someone did some good things, and he kind of petered out. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. Enough talk of uh, Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M. Yeah. All right. Let's do playoff contenders real quick. So here's the odds off draft okay. games. So we got Michigan is the favorite right now. Plus 210. Georgia oh. plus 240. That's so that's really close. That's yeah. crazy, though, Coach. What? Michigan's the favorite? I, yeah. I was shocked. I thought Georgia would be. I thought Georgia uh, would be. Yeah, that's – I mean, everybody I've talked to, and even Rick said, he'd take Georgia versus the field. I mean – Yeah, I was shocked he said that. I, I... Listen, Georgia's a hell of a football team, man. They're – they – dude, every – They're chasing history. All, all three phases, special teams, defense, and offense. They're just – they're unbelievable. He's – you know, he's got those guys cooking down there, man. He really does. Okay, He's so Alabama's coach. third. So Alabama's third plus six fifty. Ohio State's fourth plus eight hundred. Oregon is fifth plus eight fifty. Florida State's uh, next plus nine fifty. Then it really it. falls off. That's it. That's that's all. That's all that can win it uh, this year. All right, coach. So your Buckeyes plus what eight hundred? Yeah. Why so low? Give me your give give me your synopsis on on why. They are so low in odds from what a 10-0 football team probably would be this 
Why are they? Why is six hundred? Why is is there a six hundred dollar, hundred dollar bet difference between Michigan and Ohio State right now? I think it's uh, the belief that their offense is is not as explosive as it's been, um, not as good as, as it's been. So the quarterback and the O line at times. So I think that's what it comes down to. Um, and I think that most people would assume at this point um, that Michigan's probably going to beat Ohio State. What do you think? You're asking me right now? Yeah, I'm asking you right now. How think it's going to beat Michigan? You just wait. Okay. All right. I think yeah, that I they both – what? I don't see it. Unless How crazy is it that – Michigan didn't throw the ball once in the second half. They toyed with they toyed with Penn State. They basically said, "We're not going to throw the ball." On and it was like it was like now now I, it's a Michigan had a more impressive win over Penn State because they didn't have their head coach and they went on the road. But it was the same game as Ohio State. They won by nine. Ohio State won by eight. It's the exact same game. Yeah, yeah, they both are up two scores, and they kind of had that garbage. Yeah, season. that's what I mean. It's very similar. I think it's yeah. going to be very close. What's that spread? Michigan minus four and a half. I don't know. Do you think it it gets up to six and a half? I don't know. Maybe. I'm just saying it's going to be crazy if Ohio State loses again. Ryan Day. All right. Let me give you this one. I I was thinking this when when Rick was talking. They want to make a splash higher. What about going out and getting crying Ryan Day from Ohio, ripping him again? away from Ohio State. Isn't he a Texas guy? No, he's from Connecticut. Connecticut. He's not leaving Ohio State, man. I'm telling you okay. he's there. All right. He's not going anywhere. I'm telling you. All right. New AD coming. New AD coming in. The, you know, what's his name's retiring at the end of the year? Ohio State. He's going nowhere. I, right. I, I, if you want the internet fodder, go ahead with it. But I, I don't believe it for a second. All the statements, the Lou Holtz statements, the 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 if they know, lose the Michigan. Like, he loves Ohio State right now. He loves it there. And what I'm saying is, let me finish my statement. The last two years, they should beat Minnesota this week. So they're gonna go. They're gonna win 11 games last year. Win 11 games this year. And if he loses two years in a row to Michigan. The fan base is gonna be—I mean, be three years in a row in Michigan. The fan base would be furious after two eleven and one seasons. It's just crazy how much that rivalry affects it. You know, it, it's when Michigan's good like this, and you lose to them, it just ruins everything you did. The first eleven games are pointless, basically. So yeah. it, it is kind of crazy. Yeah, I, I, I'm all over George on this one. I'm not over Michigan. I, I think they're. I like good. Georgia plus two forty over. Yeah, Michigan. Yeah, I, yeah. Listen, Michigan's listen. Michigan's a good football team. They are a good football team. They're well coached. They can run the football and they play good defense. Um, do I think they're better in Georgia? Do I think he? I, do I think Harbaugh is a better coach than Kirby? I do not. And that's what a lot of it comes down to. And, but it's it's also going to come down to can they beat Ohio State? And I and I think they can. But then can they beat the big boys? Are they going to be able to beat the Alabamas? the Georgias to win that national championship. And I don't, I don't see it happening. You know, the, the bet for me, if I had to place a bet would be Alabama because like they're playing so well. And like, it wouldn't, if Alabama beat Georgia in SEC championship, it would not shock me. It would shock you. It wouldn't shock me. I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, like, like Georgia is on a phenomenal run. And I'm not saying that it's not, it's incredible, but I'm saying like, you do get humbled sometimes. And like they won back to back national championships. It would not, Alabama's playing so well right now. It would not shock me one iota if Saban went in there and beat him in the SEC championship. You know what? You know what? The one thing that's that I think people don't talk, they're saying, oh, Georgia, are they hungry? Blah, blah, blah. It's a lot of different guys. I mean, this team is pretty much turned over from those national championships. But they're it's trying crazy. to do something that has existed, it hasn't happened in like 70 years in the sport. I know. Nobody's like, coming. We've seen Carroll had his run. We've seen Saban have his run. We've never had anybody do that. So we'll see. I mean, if you ask me, Georgia, the field, I'm taking the field. 
Like, I, I, like I, I'm not – I think Georgia's playing great. I think the field – because I still get – Ohio State could be hot. I still got Michigan. I still got a, a, a Washington maybe in Oregon, Oregon maybe. Or an Alabama. Bo is, boy, Bo Nix is playing out there, man. He's playing yeah. some good football. Yeah. I, I, I'm just saying, if you ask me, I take the field. You take Georgia or the field? I'm taking the field. Yeah, the field, I think it's just – I think it's a sound bet. But I think Georgia should still, should be the favorite. I think yeah, still, I, I, I agree. I, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. 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 All, all right, so all right, Heisman, real quick. Bo Nix is the favorite at plus one twenty. Michael His... Penix plus three hundred. Jaden Daniels plus three eighty. Marvin Harrison plus four fifty. After that, there's nobody. So it's really four yeah, for the Heisman. Let me talk a little bit about two guys. One, can you bring up Bo Nix's stats? In oh, two, they're Jaylen unreal. Daniels, if Jalen Daniels, if if they were a two-loss team or a one-loss team, he would be the favorite, and it wouldn't even be close. He is that whole team, Coach. LSU. He was unreal. I'll pull up his stats from Friday from Saturday's game. Did you see oh, his stat line? He's he's the he's the first quarterback. Look at his stats: three hundred seventy-two yards passing, three touchdowns, two hundred thirty-four yards rushing, two touchdowns. So Jaden Daniels on the year. Has thrown for 3,164 yards, 30 touchdowns, four picks, and ran for 918. That's that's insanity. He's gonna be What's up? No, he's listen, that was one of the best played quarterback games. I think I mean the guy had 600 yards total offense. That's unbelievable. He he is playing he's their whole team. Coach, coach they, they'd be a three or four win team without him. Yeah. Bo Nix, 412 yards, four touchdowns last week against the USC. On the year, 3,135 yards passing, 29 touchdowns, two picks, and, yeah, he doesn't run much. But, yeah, 121 yards rushing. But, yeah, I mean, he's had a great year. Penix, too, man. Penix has had a great year. It's yeah, kind of – He's cooled off. He's cooled off the last couple of weeks. But still, Penix is – 28 touchdowns, seven picks, a little more picks. Um, but yeah, um, he's so, cooled it, off, coach. Yeah, he's he really has. Do you think Harrison has a shot? Yes, I do. And, and boy, uh, Ohio State in that first half, I was watching with a buddy of mine. <laughs> They're feeding the ball, weren't they? To try to get say, if, if there was ever a, 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 a team trying to get their guy in the Heisman race and get him, get him to New York, it was that, it was that right there. I mean, they, I mean. I thought they were going to put him at quarterback to run a sneak for crying out loud. Yeah, it, it, it was like, you know what it was? It was like the first half was the Marvin Harrison show, and the second half was like, okay, we're killing him. Let's get all our backups in. And they just, they went, like, Marvin Harrison barely played in the second half. And they put all their backups in, and they're like, don't get hurt anybody. Just get the starters out. We're happy. We're going to run the game. And, you know, they ended you know, but you're right. Like, they, for, I, I could tell they ran a reverse with them. They haven't done that all year. And then they, you know, they were they were like, we got to get because they could have beat them eighty to nothing. They were just getting the ball tomorrow to help Michigan with the Heisman. State. Michigan State looked like a JV team. They looked slow. They didn't look like they wanted to be there. And he's got another week. Minnesota this week. He should have big should have put up big numbers this week. And then it will come down. I mean, if they beat Michigan and he gets one hundred eighty yards with two touchdowns, he'll have a shot. He will. And and my uh, ticket I put in for him, I put plus. Two, it was twelve plus twelve hundred when I, I I put a bet on. What him. is right? What is it right now for him? Uh, plus four fifty. Yeah, no, he's 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 he'll be he'll he's gonna finish top four or five for sure. Yeah, he'll probably he's probably going to New York no matter what. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. He's had, he's, okay. You're a big draft guy, coach. Real quick, I mean, we're. I don't think he gets drafted below three. No, I think yeah, you're right. It's gonna be quarterbacks and him. It's gonna be the two. Uh, it's gonna be May and and and, and Williams, and, and, and then, him, and then him. Yeah, and the Williams draft is off this year. Williams is he is he the hundred percent the guy? Not hundred percent. I think it's close though. No. I, I I Drake May's had a good year. Uh, Drake May is a hell of a quarterback. But think about this right now. Carolina have the first pick, but that goes to Chicago. Chicago. So Chicago had the first pick. I think they go quarterback. Like they they probably trade fields, right? Could they go quarterback Harrison? Well, they're they're five right now. Trade up. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe. Could you imagine getting, like, Caleb Williams or Drake May and Marvin Harrison? And Marvin Harrison. Yeah, because Arizona, Arizona has the third pick. Now they won. The Giants are second. If I'm the, the Giants look horrible right now. Buddy, if I'm the Giants, I just keep losing. Because if you're the Giants, like, Daniel Jones sucks. Like, if you're the Giants, I mean, because, like, if you're Carolina, it goes to Chicago. That is crazy. That is so crazy, uh, you know. But, like, Carolina, so if Chicago takes the best quarterback, then the Giants take a quarterback. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, you got to consider taking a quarterback. Daniel Jones sucks. Can, and they got any now at quarterback. Or do you just try to go? Or do you try to trade for Fields and get Harrison? I don't know. There's lots of scenarios out there. I mean, listen. There's gonna be, you know, what's his name out in Arizona? Could be he could be, you know, on the way Traded. out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's gonna be some guys that'll be available. Yeah, here. I mean, Harrison, without a doubt, is probably the one of the best receiver prospects to come. I mean, Garrett Wilson's been unreal for the Jets, and Chris Lave has been good, and you know, we've had other pro, you know, uh, Jefferson at. Minnesota's been great. I mean, Chase has been awesome too for Cincy. But like Harrison might be the highest. You know, when's the last time a receiver went one? Was that Keyshawn Johnson? <laughs> and he's not gonna go one because the quarterback's are gonna he's gonna go probably three because the quarterback's gonna go one, two. Those two are so unreal. I mean, they really are. I mean, I think Drake May and Caleb Williams are really good prospects. And I know Caleb's falling off a little bit. I think it's just there isn't much Their around him right now. Yeah, their team stinks. Yeah. Is is Harrison the best wide receiver ever from Ohio State? I mean, they've had some Hall of Fame guys. Chris Carter. You, you know, that's a great question. Brett Wilhelm texted me and Kevin Wagner the other week, and and um, and I think he's the best receiver since probably like remember David Boston. David Boston was, David Boston, that was great. Yeah, yeah, I think he's probably the best receiver ever. You know, I really do. I mean, he's just, he the thing it is is he can do it all. He's good in the slot. He's good outside. He's got great body control. And he, he blocks. Kind of can do it all. And he blocks. He puts you see him run blocking all the time. Yeah. And the thing about him is is he's a great guy, man. He said he like works his butt off and stuff. So yeah, I, I could go about him all day. All right. Let's go. Wait, man. We're running, we're running late, man. We're talkers yep. today. Let's get our all picks right. in. All right. Oh, you want me to do a top ten? Let me just go through my top ten. I did right. move Michigan up. So it's Georgia one, Ohio State two, Michigan three, Florida State four. I moved them back one. Washington five, Texas six. Alabama, Alabama seven, Oregon eight. Wow, Oregon Louisville. Eight, huh? I, I Texas keeps sneaking by. Yeah, Texas is just kind of one of those teams that it's. I think it's gonna. They're probably gonna win out and go eleven to one, and if they win the SEC championship game, are they in? They got a good. They got one of the better wins of the season against Bama. I mean, that's a. That could be the best win uh, uh, right now. Yeah, I, I can't put Alabama above Texas just because I got the win. And I put Louisville. There's not. They're like the only one loss team left. That's crazy. They're nine and one. Yeah, that is crazy. And then Oklahoma. Yeah, there's not a lot of teams left. You know, so we get down at the end of the year. So all right, let's go to our picks. Rough week for my boy. You all right? Two and four. I went five and one. Five and one. Holy moly. Two, I'm 26, 22, and four. You're 21, 27, four. So we go. We got a big week here. I picked the right day this week, so Brett won't get mad at me for his little pick. So here we go. Five games, kind of a little lighter week, but still some good games. Georgia at Tennessee. Georgia minus ten. I, I, I'm taking Georgia minus a ten. It could get out of hand. This could be a forty-two to seven, forty-two fourteen type of game. I think Greg was right. They're not going to keep it close. They're not unless they win. They're not keeping it close. It's either win or they're going to get blown out. Yep, I'm with you. I take Georgia too. That's pretty straightforward. I just don't like their quarterback. Joe Milton stinks. He's not very good. I mean, just yeah. not a very good quarterback. And they lost a lot of good receivers and skill kits from last year. So, all right, next one: the Battle of the Kansases, Kansas, Kansas State. They're both seven and three, solid, good football teams. Kansas State coming, minus Kansas coming off a loss. Kansas State's coming off a big win, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't. Was it a win? I think you're right. Uh, well, Kansas lost. Yeah, Kansas lost. What is it? Uh, Kansas State killed Baylor. Yeah. 
And Kansas was off. Oh, Kansas. Oh, yeah, right. You're right. Kansas lost Texas Tech. I didn't realize that. So, all right. So, Kansas State is – is that right? That's red, right? Yeah. Screw that up. Yeah, Kansas State by minus eight at Kansas. Woo. Uh, give me You're Kansas. Up. Give me Kansas. I like Kansas at home. I think they keep it close. Yeah, I think Kansas Lucks ran out on the on the season. I think Kansas State's playing good. You know, Kansas State they won the Big Twelve last year, which is uh, you know, which they I don't think they can win it this year, but you know, they're still a good football team. Give me Kansas State. Okay, Clark takes Kansas State. I take Kansas. All right, next one: <laughs> Washington at Oregon State, and they're only favored by minus one. I just double checked that. It is whoa, Washington. whoa! Oh. They flipped the other way. What Washington State's favorite? Uh, Oregon State's favorite. Oregon State, yeah. Listen, Washington has not played. I mean, if I've watched the last three games, I mean, they have been one. I watched one, two, yeah. One one break the opposite way, and they lose a couple of these games. Um, <clears throat> I still think Penix makes enough plays to beat to be Oregon State. Uh, give me Washington. What plus the one? Plus the one. Wow. Not so fast, my friend. I'm going to go Oregon State. I just got this feeling Washington's going to lose. I don't know. Like they've just been playing on the ropes, and I think that the you know they're not used to you know, playing this many big games in one year and winning them. And I think that, that I can see them losing. So give me – I like Oregon State. They're playing well. They're good at home. It's a small environment. Small, not the most, the most timid place. John L. Smith's a heck of a coach. Uh, give me Oregon State. I'm going to have them call – I'm calling them to get the, the upset. Wow. Is it an upset, though? Their favorite? Slight upset. Not an upset. Yeah, true. Not an upset. Okay. All right, here we go. Louisville. Nine and one Louisville, and Clark thinks they suck. Screw Louisville. At Miami, it's minus one. Louisville's minus one at Miami. Go ahead, coach. I'll go. Okay. Oh, jeez. Give me Miami. I don't think Louisville's that good. Boy, I Miami's got some quarterback issues. Um, you know, they, they benched Van Dyke. They went to that freshman kid. He gets hurt at the end of the game. I think they're going to go down and beat. I think they're going to go down and beat Florida State. He he gets hurt. Van Dyke throws a pick. Throws it away on fourth down. Just they're 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 a mess. I mean, what are they going to do with with your boy Cristobal? I mean, he's is he the guy? I boy, they're in it's trouble. Year two recruiting has been really good. I got to give him another year. One more year, right? Well, he's got a huge contract, and they don't—they don't do huge contracts there. And they gave him all kinds of money. Yeah, like, yeah, he's probably got maybe two more years, but he better turn around fast. Give me Louisville; they're they're just a better team. Um, Miami's a mess. I'm telling you, that quarterback play is awful. It is. I just got a feeling. Well, coach has a feeling. Okay. Utah. Oh, sneaky God, good God. game why, here. Why do you keep picking Utah in these games? There's got to be better. Game. That's a top two, top hey, 25 team. Listen, this used to be called the Big Ten. You wanted this to be called something Big Ten, and we don't pick any Big Ten games anymore. There is no good Big Ten games this week. <laughs> is there ever any Big Ten games other than Ohio State and, and Michigan? Like, you, well, okay, here you go. I'll give you your pickings. Okay, uh, uh, here we go. I mean, go. come on, Coach. New Northwestern, Michigan State, Indiana, Michigan, Maryland. You might as well Illinois, just Illinois, Iowa. Yeah, those are good games. We might as well call this the Pac-12 Index. I'm fine with that. The Pac-12, I, I probably watch more Pac-12 this year than I have the last five years combined. Jeez, my Christmas. Come on. I'm not picking this Utah game. Give me another game. Sick of picking Utah. They're, they got like four losses. What? What are you talking about? They're seven and three. Okay, seven and three. Okay, 
Utah is number 18 in the country, and Arizona is 21. They're seven, two, seven, and three teams. But you yeah. rather what, what, you rather go pick? Let's go pick Northwestern and Purdue. Five that's, and five versus three and seven. That's let's a good run. Let's go pick Iowa, Illinois. That's a real hobbernecker. I'll tell you what that that Northwestern Purdue game is. A, that's a rivalry game now. Let's do uh, let's do Iowa, Illinois. Okay, Illinois is playing better. They put up a lot of points. They put up what forty five points last last week. Man, Beal has got those guys playing well. Illinois at, at – I can't believe Iowa's 8-2. And they're going to lose 50 to nothing in the Big Ten Championship to Michigan or Ohio State. Boy, their defense is good. I mean, their defense is good. And they fired their OC, so they're probably – they're scoring 10 points a game instead of six. They scored a lot last week. They won 22 nothing. Well, yeah, they scored a lot. That is a lot. That's like a hundred so. for them. All right, here we go. I, I, man, I'd be watching Utah, Arizona, but that, I'm sick of having to watch or follow Utah. I'm done with it. They're, they're not a good foot. They're an average football team. Iowa is favored by three against Illinois. Give me Illinois. I like their offense. I think Bielema has got those guys playing well. I always feel like Iowa drops one of these games later in the season to, to what you know, an underdog type team. You know, under an underdog's a hungry, hungry dog, uh, coach. Give me, give me the one. Give me Iowa. They're really good at home, and their defense is amazing. <laughs> their defense is twenty first in the country in total yards allowed. Point and and their their offense is two hundred fifty. They're awful. Like I said, two hundred fifty fifth. Twenty two. I mean, for them to score twenty two, that that's. That's like a hundred. Uh well, they scored forty-one earlier this year against Western Michigan. Yeah, probably twenty-eight of that was probably defense. Oh my god. All right, wait, 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 wait. We got our maxion. Brett Wilhelm maxion of the week. Oh, it's a big one for us. It's the big one, the I-95 bull. The I-95 bull, right? Isn't that what they call it? I-75. Toledo at bowling green. It's 75, coach. Oh shit! They're gonna kill me on that one. Nine seventy-five. Ninety-five is on the East Coast. I'm too much 95, on the East Coast. Ninety-five is about ten minutes from my house. Yeah, I know. A seventy-five. Sorry, yeah. Brett. He's gonna kill me. All right, Toledo at Bowling Green on Tuesday. He got mad at me because I picked the wrong day. Toledo minus ten. I'll pick it uh, at Bowling Green. Give me Bowling Green to cover minus ten. The plus ten. Yeah, not so fast. Uh, Toledo's a good football team. They're well coached. Uh, got a good quarterback. Give me Toledo minus the 10 in the rivalry week. You went next week is? What? Thanksgiving? It's beat Michigan week. Yeah. Good luck with that. I think they're going for the turkey three in a row. All right. So next week I got to get Jay Book on. And I got to get my buddy on, Steve Navarelli, who's a Michigan fan. Let's try to get both of them on. What's uh, what's so? What's Penn State Nate? Give me one minute on Penn State Nation. Oh, they're all on Franklin Fire. That's that's he's. They're not getting a better coach than him. I'm telling you, he's dark horse to go to Texas A&M. No, I don't buy it. All right, I don't buy it. Um, no, I, I the, a lot of them want him fired. Seriously, people want him fired. That's crazy. I mean, it, it, he's gonna win ten games. He's gonna win ten games. I, the thing his quarterback's, is, 19, his quarterback's nineteen years old. How about he win one big game? I mean, but yeah, it, it, I don't think he's not fired. He beat Iowa. They're eight two football team. True, they did beat Iowa, and he beat Utah last year. Your favorite team in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Pick of, you know, Utah. I'm gonna put Utah on there next week just to mess with you. There are two seven and three teams. I knew you were gonna be mad at one of those games. I thought it'd be Kansas, Kansas State. Yeah, that's a that's a rival. That's a rivalry game. Big twelve. But this is the Pac twelve index, so we probably should have picked it. <laughs> Who's Notre Dame gonna lose to this week? Yeah. Uh, who they got? I even look who they I don't even care. I'm done with them after that Clemson uh, debacle. 
Wake Forest. 24 and a half. Then they come back, what, week 13? Who they got? Uh, Stanford. Stanford, yeah. They're probably going to win. They'll be 9 and 3. Probably back in the probably back in the Gator Bowl. 9 and 3 again. 9 and yeah. 3 Freeman. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to me. We were a long, long, but that was fun. Yeah. That was a great time. Rick Butler, thank you, man. He was amazing. So he says. Die 75 Bowl on Tuesday. I don't know if I'll be watching that one. I gotta go watch. I gotta watch the rest of the Browns game. I'm so excited to rewatch it. Um, have fun with that, Coach. <laughs> All right, go have fun watching your Jags again. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening so much. And next week is Pete Michigan Week, so we gotta check out get some special guests on here. Hey, go Fox! <laughs>